in downtown Detroit, you may have seen this building called Exchange. But what you may not have realized is that it's being built top down. The first of its kind across North America, the 207 feet tall Exchange Tower is a prototype for the lift build technology. I talked to all my friends and people about this uh, project here. What do you tell them? That we're doing a building from the top down. Using a technology that's being deployed for the first time across North America. Ever since Crane's Detroit business broke the story about the exchange development in downtown Detroit, just a couple of blocks from Ford Field, I've been anxious to see this amazing new methodology in action. Imagine building a multi-story office or residential building from the top down, literally hoisting millions of pounds of concrete, steel, and fabrication up to the top along two spines and without cranes. That's lift build, a game-changing process that can trim time and expense to many projects. I think it's revolutionary. And Detroiters are watching as each floor is lifted and locked into place. I'm Mary Kramer, a Vice President at Crane Communications and Director of the annual Detroit Homecoming event. I'm also kind of a geek when it comes to new ways of doing things. That's why I'm excited to introduce this episode of the Said Differently podcast because it's all about lift build whose pilot project is changing the Detroit skyline and creating quite a buzz. I'm also so pleased that Ryan Maybach will join us at Detroit Homecoming this year to show Detroit area expats from around the country just how cool this technology is. Utilizing goats to clear vegetation on a steep hillside to save on manpower and ensure safety. We've done that. Watching a world-renowned architect crumble up a piece of paper and tell you that's how they want their building to be designed? We've been there, too. Ever envision a bricklaying robot or material lift unit assisting laborers with building? No, it's not something out of the Terminator. We've done that on our projects. Every project has a great story. With over 3,000 team members and nearly 100 years of experience in the construction industry, we at Barton Mallow have more than a few to tell that don't fit the usual industry coverage. I'm Eric Fish. And I'm Rob Riley. And we're both Barton Mallow team members and the hosts of this podcast. And we're going to be bringing you the untold stories from the job site. The weird, the wild, and the unconventional paths to success. It's construction, but it's said differently. We're back again for another episode of Said Differently and excited to be joined by our fellow Barn Mallow team member, Caitlin Bacon. Caitlin, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. With an industry ready for change and advanced delivery methods in place that could increase efficiencies, Barton Mallow accelerated its journey to transform construction in 2017 through the acquisition of key resources and innovative patented technology. It's when Barton Mallow's lift build entity was officially born. LiftBuild takes a vertical manufacturing approach to construction. Following foundation work, structural spines are built to act as the main supports for the building. Then, a concrete assembly pad is built at the base, which is where individual floors are constructed. Once these floors are built out, they're lifted into place using LiftBuild's patented technology. We'll get into a lot more of the LiftBuild vertical manufacturing methodology in this episode and discuss the downtown Detroit residential project, Exchange, where it's being implemented today with our in-studio panel of guests. From Bart Mallow, we have Vice President of LiftBuild, Joe Benvenuto, and Executive Vice President and LiftBuild Managing Director, Marianne Canary. 
Okay, great. So Marianne, if you could uh, introduce yourself and, and also tell you, uh, tell us a little bit about your role on the project. Sure. So my name is Marianne Canary. I currently serve as the managing director of Luftbuild. So I interface um, significantly with our ownership team on the owner side of the project. But in, in our unique position, we are also the developer and sponsor for the project. And of course, leading the construction phase as well. Cool. So I guess first question off here, you know, why is the construction industry lagged in innovation and technology compared to others? A lot of the things that we do on a construction site are the things that we've always done. And the methodology hasn't really changed in hundreds of years. One of the concerns that we have is that it's, it's so segmented. So what LiftBuild gives us the opportunity to do is really bring it into the future, make it much more collaborative, much more team oriented, and really look for ways to do things better. Not that the way things have been done has been bad, but continually looking at how can we make it better? How can we make it safer? And what can we do to really challenge our tradesmen and women? They're fabulous, hardworking, smart people. And LiftBuild gives us the opportunity to engage them very directly and distinctly in doing their work in better ways that suit them better and still produce a fantastic product. What was the reaction of the tradesmen and women, um, you know, as you're describing this process to them and, and everything? Like what were, what were going through their minds, you know? I think <laughs> Joe can speak more to that directly. The yeah. conversations I had with them um, were, were much more high level, but, and I kind of get the, Oh, that's a cute idea. Thanks so much. Um, right. But I think as, as we, you know, lifted the roof, um, not even lifted the roof, but built the roof at grade and lifted it up and they could actually see it happening and see how they were more efficient, how they were doing work at grade. So much safer. No one's doing work from height. You know, it became a real thing for them. So I think it's become much more exciting for them. Of course, they were very skeptical in the beginning, and, and I think I would have been too if I were in their shoes. But it's been exciting to see how excited they are now at how quickly they can do things, not because they're rushing through or cutting corners, but because it's just so much more efficient. They can have a smaller crew on site at a particular time and schedule them in a, in a way that makes the most sense for, for their crews to be out there and efficient and not stacked on top of each other on a daily basis. But Joe, I think, has more experience and color commentary yeah, that was actually very well done um <laughs> you, you, you of course get the get the range of of responses and you get the people that immediately get it and buy into it right away you know half or more um are are really reluctant to, to buy into it because that's just the industry in right we we're, we manage risk and we try and, and respond to it and, and safeguard against it the best we can so doing something different is not really built into our nature uh, but i think over time as we partner and collaborate with subcontractors and now since we have proof of concept kind of in the ground and they can see real life experience the buy-in or the adoption phase is definitely changing and and getting a much much better response than we had originally uh, received from sub, from subcontractor base but you know that's that's our job to continue that momentum it's our job to prove out the concept that we've uh, set forth. And I, I think we're starting to uh, see the results of that. I guess, was there reluctance among subcontractors to even bid on, on this project based on the technology and, and sort of how it was turning things upside down? We've definitely seen some reservations in, in engaging in some of that. Now, we were pretty specific on this project because it's our first proof of concept. Uh, we were pretty selective on choosing partners that uh, we've had experience with, have history with, uh, and we'll buy into the overall objective, uh, knowing that there will be challenges, knowing that we will need them to solve uh, problems as we encounter them. 
I, I think we've seen that in the past, and I wouldn't expect that to to go away as we begin to commercialize lift build in a larger format throughout the throughout the country. Um, that won't go away until we get beyond this adoption phase. But we're we are a contractor as well. We understand how new things work and and the risk that's exposed in in trying to adopting something new. I think one of the things that I've enjoyed observing is just how excited our trade partners get and how excited our own team gets because to see this happening, you know, even if this were a conventionally built high rise, there's nothing that we will say we can't build. We can build anything. And I think our trade partners are of the same mindset. So when you challenge them with, we can build anything and we'll do it upside down, they're like, oh yeah, I'm in, let's go. And it's been exciting to see that too. Scary, I think, you know, initially because it, it was new and unproven to them. But as we've come along, it, it's exciting to be part of it and see your team members come up with ways to do things better and differently. And I think we've had a lot of really great engagement on the, on the site with, with our trade partners in that regard. Yeah, it's probably pretty refreshing for them, honestly, like to be challenged again and to think of new ways to do things. You know, that's that's pretty cool. I think. Yeah, I can speak to that personally. It's been completely invigorating for me to to jump to something completely new from what I've worked on in the past 20, 25 years for sure. Mm-hmm. So I know that this has been touched on already quite a bit, but is there anything else you want to share just about why it's important for the construction industry as a whole to adopt and evolve? I think one of the biggest things is is the labor shortage. You know, pre-COVID, we were facing a labor shortage in the construction industry. People didn't want to get into the trades. We had a lot of tradesmen and women who were retiring out of the force because it's, it's, a, it's hard work. It's taxing on your body. It's mentally taxing. So we knew that there was a gap. And through the pandemic, we saw that gap increase even more. What we feel like Lift Build offers the opportunity to do is really make things more efficient, make them safer so there's less wear and tear ergonomically on people's bodies because when we're doing things at grade, you know, it, it's much safer, obviously, but also just less challenging physically on your own individual body. Still hard work. They're still earning every dollar they make and doing an awesome job. But you know, the wear and tear we, we expect to be lessened because the man motion hours are, are so much significantly reduced. Um, I think the other piece is that just as other industries have evolved and looking at how we examine things and how we do things. It's that desire for continuous improvement. Joe's really fostered an environment within the, our project team and all of our trade partners on the site to really look at, you know, how can we do things better? And they know that each of their voices matter because I'm not necessarily going to know the best way to set tile, but the guy who's been setting tile for 30 years is going to, and looking at it in this methodology and understanding that his voice is important to us and we want to hear it and understand his perspective is important. I think, you know, all of us respect our tradesmen and women, but a key part of our process is making sure that their voices are heard, not just expressed, that they're actually heard. And then we act on their suggestions to make it better for everyone. So vertical manufacturing, this approach, top down, whatever you want to call it, it's really not a new concept. Um, but can you, I guess, just explain what makes lift build so different from anything else that has been tried out in the market? You know, I think we've seen attempts to revolutionize the construction industry for 50 plus years, uh, and we'll continue to see it more and more, and that will begin to ramp up. I guess the unique advantage that we have is we do affect every stakeholder in the project. So even for, right down to the uh, person spraying the fireproofing, uh, they're doing that at grade in a, in a way where they're not standing on a ladder. They're not 
pulling hoses and equipment up through the building. Um, it really, my, my team hears me say this all the time and they probably get tired of it, but it is really the sum of the parts. If we can do all of that really well and affect all of that really well from conceptualizing a design all the way through turnover, then I think we've, uh, you know, truly stand a chance of transforming the industry. That's awesome. Can you put a little bit into perspective how, um, just how much work has been done to evolve the lift build delivery method since Bart Mello purchased the technology? You know, we, we of course adopted a concept or, or invested in a, in a concept, but it was just that there was a lot of things that, um, me personally and my team really wanted to improve. Um, you know, my background, I actually started with the organization as, as a carpenter. So I understand what it means for those people to be out there working in an environment or a condition that's, uh, not the best for them, uh, from a safety perspective or from an efficiency perspective. So the past three years of research and development for us were really to try and solve those problems and begin to create that environment that will save money to an owner, but also uh, make our workers more productive and, and most importantly, more, more safe. So that, that effort really has, has led to um, 13 U.S. patents uh, with a handful more uh, that are pending. So as we begin to, come, to arrive with uh, design solutions, engineered solutions, uh, or methodologies, we want to protect those methodologies, but not only that, but also begin to continually improve them, uh, you know, leading up to this first project, which is our proof of concept it is a little bit nerve wracking, right? We, we, you go through all this research and development, uh, and, and think, uh, through all the problems you can, but when you actually put it into practice, uh, it has to work and it has to work well. I think Joe makes it sound simple, but, but it hasn't been, it, it, it's been a lot of hard work, a, a lot of late nights, all nighters, um, re- really perfecting the methodology, how we go about things and really just patience with the team. I mean, for, for them to spend so many years, as Joe said, doing R and D and then finally being able to put it in action, you know, it is really rewarding, but you know, it's, it's a marathon and I, I feel like we're, we're still in it, but everyone has a great attitude and continues to look for ways to make it even better, not just for the next building, but as we move floor to floor in the exchange, you know, how do we make it better? You know, what can we do differently um, to, to make it a better experience for our trade partners, for, for our team, you know, and for, for the end users who are going to be living in the building. I guess let's just talk a little bit about the methodology and and how a typical lift build project comes together, I guess, in the context of exchange. Sure. What maybe just walk through a little lift build 101. So the building from a structural perspective is fully cantilevered. Uh, we rely on uh, primary foundations conventionally called cores. We call them spines. Those concrete structures uh, are constructed full height of the building uh, and they provide the really the backbone for the building uh, and also distribute our major MEP. So we rely on those spines uh, for not only structural integrity of the building, but then also why those spines are being constructed. Uh, we try to put as much of that vertical distribution for the MEP into place as well. So when the floors begin to uh, start to get hung, that work is already completed and behind us. So those primary spines or the support for the building go down to mat foundations. There are no uh, exterior columns in the building or column foundations. Uh, so we're also column free and foundation free around the perimeter of the building and the ground, which uh, means a lot, especially when we're in a uh, very dense uh, urban site like uh, like Detroit that has, uh, you know, a lot of uh, unforeseen uh, <laughs> artifacts in, in the ground. So from there, uh, we erect 
the floor plates uh, at grade. Those floor plates uh, begin with steel erection, structural steel that happens about three or four feet off the ground, something, uh, a height that's ergonomically correct for those tradesmen and women. Place uh, a concrete metal deck uh, that's also placed at grade, and then we'll lift that floor plate up to what we refer to as position two. And position two is really about accomplishing work uh, in a parallel fashion. So while the work is being performed underneath uh, the floor plate, all of the electrical, plumbing, fire protection, fireproofing, uh, and HVAC is hung underneath the floor plate again uh, within arm's reach, uh, not on scaffolds, not on man lifts, uh, and making that work both safe and efficient. Um, what that also provides is while that work is going on underneath the floor plate, uh, we can begin to load fit and finishes on top of the floor plate as well as begin to put the facade on. Exchange is a pretty unique uh, design uh, overall, but also unique from the facade. This is a uh, kind of a first in the industry designed specifically for us through two-year collaboration with one of our key subcontractors. Uh, we're utilizing a unitized rain screen on this building uh, that's been designed specifically for us. So those panels arrive to the to the to the site uh, approximately 11 and a half feet tall by 37 feet long in, in the maximum uh, condition. Uh, so in 15 panels, that facade is completely done, takes them about two and a half days. Uh, and so now we have a floor plate that has been constructed. All of the mechanical has been installed underneath. The finishes are on top of the floor plate. The facade is now on and we're ready for a lift from there. So then the, the lifting operations would take place. Uh, we utilize a strand, Strandjack technology uh, for several reasons. Uh, the exchange has has eight uh, strand jack, so the redundancy provides uh, both safety safety and operations, but also safety for the trades. Uh, those strand jacks operate at about 20 to 30 feet an hour. Uh, so once that lift goes up, we'll travel at that about that speed and uh, the lift will be uh, travel up the building and then be locked into place in a, in a permanent fashion with the structural connection that has that has been designed and, and patented as well. So the lift build team pulled an all-nighter back in late April when the roof plate was successfully lifted and locked into place. Can you take us through the emotions of that night and what it was like when the first lift was locked? That uh, That's the three to four year period all comes to a head about right there, right? Um, and we uh, we we have a, a very very good partner of ours that helped us design, fabricate, and and operate the lifting technology. So there's the lifting aspect that's about to unfold, uh, but also everything else that you've done up to that point uh, now needs to work uh, in a fashion that uh, as as it's designed. That lift was uh, that was a, that was a pretty tense tense night uh as the as the lift started uh you know it was i think we maybe started 11 or 12 o'clock at night just because of that time frame it was it's going to take us about 10 hours uh for the lift to go up so a lot of safety checks uh, a lot of preparation and then as the as the lift goes up um you know we're all kind of waiting for uh something to happen or something exciting but realistically it's a very controlled event right uh at 20 to 30 feet an hour it can very quickly get boring which is a good thing uh we really don't want excitement yeah, when right. we're lifting uh, a million you know a typical floor plate uh, weighs about a million pounds uh but we had quite a few people outside the fence uh some of them standing in the back of their pickup trucks trying to take video of this uh like it was going to magically just arrive at 207 feet in the air, you know, <laughs> in a couple seconds. And uh, I had kind of made my, my, my way outside of the fence to, to go and talk to them and kind of 
kind of indicated, I think your phone's going to run out of battery before uh, <laughs> you get the whole lift in. But uh, I appreciate you guys being here and in the excitement of it. It was an emotional night, but I think just this immense feeling of pride for, for the team, not just the team from LiftBuild and the Bart Mallow family of companies, but everyone who's contributed to, to getting the building to where it is, including you know our ownership team and investors, as well as all the trades partners that we've worked with over the years. Um, but my solution to that was to bring them snacks um, so that they could <laughs> stress eat all night so i i am hoping that that was successful but um nerve-wracking and exciting and just immense pride in, in the work that the team has done and being able to see it come to life was, was really exciting for more information on lift build and the exchange visit cranesdetroit.com for the coverage by senior reporter kirk pinho cranes real estate beat reporter who's been covering lift build since june 2020 That's all for this episode of Said Differently. Thanks to Caitlin, Marianne, Joe, and of course, Mary Kramer for the nice intro and send-off. We'll catch you here soon for more stories from the job site. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to check out the Said Differently Beyond the Build series, where we profile various Barton Mallow team members and their construction stories. This is Said Differently, a Barton Mallow podcast. For more information on LiftBuild, visit liftbuild.com. For more information on Exchange, visit exchangedetroit.com. That's E-X-C-H-A-N-G-E Detroit.com. This is Said Differently, a Bart Mallow podcast.